I'm Aaron. I'm Nicole. And we are Talking Talking Monroe's. All right. Well, so part two. Welcome back. Exactly. So this is episode three, and this is my origin story. This is part two of our three-part series. All about you. All about me, which is why everybody's tuning in and listening. (laughs) And so I will give give up most of the host talking duties and let you talk, which... Uh, we'll see how this goes. I don't know. Maybe, you know, this might only be like two or three minutes, but uh, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. You might do that thing where you just turn on your microphone <laughs> and maybe you should just ask yourself the questions. Yes. Well, you know, that uh, this might quickly turn into a monologue versus there we a go. chat That's what slash it's called. interview. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So you asked me, when did I start? Yes. So you were... Let's ask you, mm-hmm. when did you start? Uh, it was a, a, a Saturday, a bright and sunny Saturday, <laughs> and there was a shimmering in the clouds, and three wise men got onto a, a onto like camels and donkeys and stuff. No, seriously, significantly. <laughs> it's a, uh, it was a Saturday, actually, uh, April, and I was born in Connecticut. I am a proud nutmegger, too, though I've lived in a lot of places, but... I consider myself, and I, I'm a proud New Englander, so I, I carry that, and I know that, and I believe that, and I live that, and anytime you don't think or believe or know that, just ask me, or just say something I don't like, or do something I don't like, and I will become a very old school New, New Englander very quickly. There you go. We definitely have that in common. Yes. And as I started talking, you saw that New Englander started coming out of me. So as a New Englander, I have a question for you. Sure. The word... That is D-R-A-W-E-R. How do you say that? Drawer. 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 Oh, we're not going to do this. <laughs> we are not going to do this. You write with a pen and you don't write with it. You stick with a pen. <laughs> and it's a caramel, not a caramel. And it's a tomato, not a tomato. Oh, good Lord. So it's a washer, not a washer, right? It is not a washer. I will come across this desk and we will be tussling in a hot minute. See, that's uh, my that's Southern. That's the Southern. <laughs> that's the Southern coming out. Listen, y'all, we're about to tussle. That's it. So exactly. Though I was born in Connecticut, I, I have lived in the South. I, I figured it out not too long ago i've lived in the south a lot more and a lot longer than i did uh live in the north and and grew up in the north my many times in the north so about that we're gonna skip a question and then go back to it (laughs) okay (laughs) so i know you like talking about what a great baby you were (laughs) i wasn't a great baby but okay i was not um, talk about your, you, you know, you started talking about your childhood and, and the South, like, what yes. was that, what was that like for you? And, you know, you were in Connecticut, you were in the South, you were in Connecticut. How was, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So I, I moved around a lot as, as I was young. Uh, and as I've talked about a little bit previously, uh, my dad was, uh, a, an executive for a number of different companies, but every two or three years we would move and, and go to some, some other place. He'd get a new opportunity, get promoted. So I've lived in Pennsylvania and Illinois and Connecticut three times in South Carolina, in Virginia, uh, for a very short summer in uh, Ohio. So I've lived all over the place, but you know, it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy 
the fact that I was, I did have those experiences, you know, the classic things that you would think about that would happen as a kid in the early mid eighties in the South happened. So we were always one of the very few African-American families in the neighborhoods we lived in. Um, it was, I mean, most people were great. Most people were nice. And we did have a, a few bad eggs that did some mean things to us as, as I, I was younger. And, and I heard a, a lot of nasty things said. It actually helped to shape who I am today and, and help, um, help me understand the world. But you do, you grow up a little, a little faster. And you do have to pay attention a little more to your surroundings. and. So I'll go back to one of your... You go back to the fun topics now? Yes. <laughs> okay. Your mom's favorite topic, <laughs> talking about you as a baby. Yes. So what kind of baby were you? I was a fat baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture somewhere of me. I have two cousins. One cousin's like five months younger than me, six months younger than me, and one's like you know, three months younger than me. Shout out to Kev and, and Stacy. And there's a picture of us on the couch together. And I look like I'm two years old compared to them. I was just, I was a huge baby, but I was very active and, and a lot of fun and, and enjoyed it. And a joy to be around is, is what I've been told. Uh, I was very active and I was very much a, a light switch baby, I like to say, which is that I would go, 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 go. And then literally it would be like lights out. Seven, eight o'clock at night, lights out. Yes, your mom did say there was no naps. Nope. I gave up my naps when I was like 10, 11 months old. And I'd wake up at like five, six in the morning and I was on and going. And then about seven o'clock at night, I was off and it was all over until the next morning. Well, though, unless everybody was asleep and you decided to wake up and, oh. you know, climb onto a stove. <laughs> So yes, so so you want to you want me to tell my stove story. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a little bit of a mischievous kid. I was a mischievous baby, uh, very smart, a little too smart for my own good. And one night before, uh, I think I was like probably three or four, and uh, actually might even no, I was younger than that. I, I was like, about two. I was like two or three exactly because I was still in my little um you know like uh, what's it like crib my, in my crib. And um, so what ended up happening was I had taken my walker, put it to the side of the crib. And when everybody was asleep, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was playing around and bored. And so I just climbed over the side <laughs> onto my little walker thing that was actually was no longer being used, but it was still around. And I pushed it in there and into the kitchen. We had a, an electric stove, luckily and climbed up on the walker onto the stove, sat on it, and then I turned it on. <laughs> now that I'm saying that, and you know, probably was <laughs> smart in some ways and, and really not so smart in others, but uh, yes, so I was sitting on it and I actually burned turned my clothes, burner on. turned the burner on, yep, burned my clothes, burned my leg a little bit. And you know, my mom was always fond of saying that if we had gas, I'd probably burn up in there. I was, I was very inquisitive. Yes, inquisitive <laughs> is a good word. I also, at one point in time when I was a kid, I uh, stuck a fork into a light socket and uh, luckily I did not electrocute myself. So yes, I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> So did that move its way into your teen years? Were you a, uh, a very what, inquisitive teen? Oh, inquisitive. I thought you were saying because I electrocuted myself. Were you rebellious? How were you as a teen? I wasn't really rebellious. I was active. I was I was a big athlete. So I, I played indoor soccer. I played outdoor soccer. I tried lacrosse. I played soccer for a year in high school. I played football all the way through high school. I ran track. 
I've worked out with a wrestling team. I, I did a little bit of everything. I, I was active. I, I did get into the classic things that you do when, when you're young. And so I did get in fights. I did mess with people. They messed with me. I had a lot of good friends. I Oh, yes. I'm very fond of your friends. <laughs> It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I don't I don't I won't say I was rebellious. Uh, I say that you know I was exploratory and I was every young boy trying to figure out these surges of testosterone and what that means and what that does and and the the challenge and the the quest for dominance and all that kind of stuff. And oh, so you're a normal New Englander? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Um, but then on, on along with that, I, I was a very inquisitive teen. And, and I, even from young, being young, from as far as I can remember, I always knew and thought that I wanted to get married young. I always thought about planning. I always was a very conscientious uh, person. So I was always worried about other people, worried about other things. And so I, I feel like I was a very balanced teen. I explored enough and I explored a lot and, and did a lot of things. But I, I don't think I ever went to one extreme or the other. I always knew I wanted to go to college. Didn't know I'd want to go to college for as long and as much as I did, but I always knew I wanted to go to college. I always thought about playing sports. And I feel like I feel like if my mom was here, she would say I, I was probably a pretty good kid. I, I probably got on her nerves a lot of time. I probably challenged her more than I, I should have. I had a lot of good, clean fun. <laughs> well, which is why in episode one, I still stick to my answer. You were my best investment. Yes, there you go. I was exactly I'm I am. A you naturally, have it together. I, I for the most part, I always have. I'm, I'm a naturally risk averse person. So I would always kind of go toward something. But when it got somewhat dangerous, even as a teen, I'd be like, all right, that's kind of enough. I didn't do too too many crazy things even all of our as we have on the the website talkingmonroes.com as we have on the website my friends nowadays they talk about it and they're like i drink more now than they've ever seen me drink before which i tell them i was saving my liver until i was i could enjoy good liquor well that would be shout out to your friends in florida thank you very much well there's that too <laughs> yeah yes mr mcguire thank you sir which which an, <laughs> which an interesting thing i figured out you know not to jump ahead a too far but one of the interesting things is that in three of the four major places that we've lived, I have a an, a friend named Sean who's Irish, who's yes. of, of Irish descent. So Sean, Sean, and Sean, um, and they're all really good friends. And you know, I guess maybe that's maybe I need to stop making friends with people who are from you know Irish heritage or something like that because we all have fun hanging out and laughing. And, and with each jokes one, and, you've drinking more. Yes, this is true. This is true. All right. So you've told us about being a child. You've told us about being a teen. You've talked a little bit about your different friends named Sean. Mm -hmm. um, tell me, are there any occurrences throughout your life that have shaped you? Yes. So I would say just like every great superhero, like that, that life altering experience, I, I would have to say it would probably be my parents separating and ultimately divorcing. I, I think there's in my mind and in my life, there's, there's two significant periods. It's, it's, you know, up till I was 10 years old when, you know, my parents were together, my family's together. And then my parents got separated and, and ultimately divorced a few years later. And it was a, a very significant departure from what I remember, you know, growing up and doing. And I, you know, which probably leads into one of the reasons why I wasn't, you know, too rebellious and too crazy, because very similar to your origin story with your mom, trying to 
get it together and make sure it was working and take care of kids. And I have an older brother who's five years older than me. So he was kind of off doing his own thing. And I was the baby of the family. You know, my mom was worried about me and, you know, putting food on the table and working and also trying to to work through the things that she had to work through with, you know, getting her life back together. So I tried not to add to that for her and, and that problem and, you know, that the challenges that she had. And that's also probably one of the reasons why we were so close, because, you know, my brother was there for a year and a half and then he went off to the Marines. And so for five or six years, it was just my mom and I. And it was it was, you know, like I, I was with my mom when her mom passed. And, you know, I had to tell her that and be with her for that and be there and, and not to to be too weird or seem like, you know, something more than I was, but be the man of the house to take care of things and make sure she was taken care of, make sure she ate, you know, make sure she took care of herself, make sure she was OK. Uh, she never dated anyone else. She never remarried. She never even looked at another person. It was, you know, she threw herself into taking care of her kids, as she used to call us her cubs. And, you know, so I think that was something where it, it was really something that has shaped and made me who I am today and, and that I'm uh, I'm not happy that it happened, but I'm grateful for how it shaped me and, and how it really took a relationship between my, my mom and I that was really, really strong and really, really good and, and made it a, a lifelong bond. Well, it sounds like you had a great relationship with your mom. No, no, she hated me. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, we we absolutely did. As you know, when we moved to North Carolina, she moved with us, and we were very close. She uh, loved me more. Yes, she did. She did. She. Did. I was the daughter she never had. She did exactly. If you keep thinking that, you can at least feel good about yourself for some time. So, <laughs> no, very true. Yes. So, yeah, we had a, a fantastic relationship, and um, it's tough daily with her being gone. But uh, as uh, my friend Sean had told me sage advice when she passed away a few years ago. Let the memory of your mother shape your future the way that her presence shaped your past. I like that. Yes. And I think that's fantastic. You know, thank you, Mr. Lewis, for that, that uh, I don't go a minute without thinking about that. And, and that has helped to, um, you know, drive me and make me who I am. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yes. So moving on to something that is, um, which I struggled with. Mm. I, I'm not sure if you will struggle the same way in which I did. What is your real life superpower? My real life superpower is that I'm able to go invisible when I know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, exactly. Those taps when you're looking around, no one's there. That's me. Okay. So my real life superpower, It's that's a great question. And, and I probably will struggle with it the same way that, that you did. But what I would say is that I I firmly believe my real life superpower is the ability to be friends and be friendly with anyone. I'm a pretty balanced and easygoing kind of person. I, I don't get too hot. I don't get too cold. I'm I'm not too excitable. I'm I'm pretty steady and pretty stable. Wait a minute, you're not a typical New Englander then. Well, what I was about to say was that those of you who knew me from the ages of about sixteen to twenty five would be going that's not the Aaron I know, but I would tell you that, no, I am. I, I, you know, I've always kind of been that. And, you know, I'm, I am the classic Henry Rollins who used to say like the guy that you should be scared of is the guy that's slow to anger. And, yes, yes, and, and yes. I am that guy where I'm, I'm pretty oh, even you're keeled. There, you're there. When I'm there, I'm there. It's exactly when, you know, I've, I've always been fond of saying that I will actually, when I'm there, 
I will actually hurt myself in order to exact some type of revenge or something. <laughs> but it doesn't often happen. And so that's the thing, like I said, is that I take lots of stuff in stride. I, I, I truly believe that that's like my superpower is just not taking anything too seriously, not getting too wound up about things, not going too crazy about anything, just, you know, trying to be logical and thoughtful and straightforward and, and not make decisions good or bad out of emotion. It is true. You can walk into any place and there's somebody that you know. Yes, that's it. Never met a stranger. Never met a stranger. That's it. What advice do you have for others based on your origin story? I would say that's a, a great question. First and foremost is learn. Don't be afraid. Don't don't be afraid to go off and try things and do things and explore things and really get out there and have fun. One of the things that I was really fond of and, and really I think was fun in my life is that I'm a lifetime learner. So I love learning. I love going and testing things out. I'm really happy and, and you know, I, I really excited about the fact that I've learned so much and I've got tons of useless knowledge that always pops in at, at certain times or whatever. But the advice I'd have is is to, to go have fun, to go explore, go learn, go do things, test things out. Don't be afraid of how you're going to look or what it's going to say or if it's going to somehow figure out into your future. It will all figure into your future, either something that you want to do or don't want to do or know or don't know if you make it and if you want it. So, so I would say go off, try things, learn uh, and experience what you can. The other thing I would say, the the other piece of advice I'd I'd have for my origin story uh, is is similar to yours about your mother, which is no matter what, uh, and, and I would just say your parents, no matter what you think about what your parents have said or done or the thing that you need to realize as a kid and as a young adult is your parents are just trying to figure it out too. They're people that are, are just trying, they don't have it all together. They don't have it figured out. They've attained a certain age. They've been able to procreate and you know, have you. <laughs> But they are people, too. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to do it. They're you're trying to make it happen. And there's a lot of pressures and stress on them. And they don't always know the best thing. So cut them a little bit of slack and, and try to help them out a little bit when you can. I know that seems like when you're young, you know, this is, you know, cliche. Well, yes, cliche. But it's, it's also 43-year-old me sitting here saying, give your parents a, you know. I, you know <laughs> please, hope, please, kids. Exactly. Hope our kids are listening yes, to this. Give yes, your, hope give, you guys are listening to this one. Exactly. Give your parents a break. <laughs> uh, and then just the last thing I would say is is that. Um, and, and this is actually aimed at younger kids and, and teens and younger parents. And help your kids see that the world is bigger than the 20 or 30 miles around them. You know, the, the world is huge. There's lots of different people, lots of different things to experience and explore and see and help them become a, a well-rounded person by taking them different places, even if it's car ride, letting them see different things, testing things out, letting them see you as somebody who's learning and, and you know experiencing things. While I hated it when I was growing up about moving around so much, I think that's part of the reason and, and helped add to my superpower where I can go anywhere and feel comfortable in conversations and talking to people and, and fit in. And I recognize that the world is so much bigger than the places that we live or that we've lived and the people that we know. I can agree and respect that. Um, you know, there there was always nothing worse than, you know, being a teacher and asking, you know, students where they had been and they'd never been outside of the small town where they grew up in. Right. And I know our kids, sometimes they seem upset about it, you know, and, and are angry at us for doing it, for moving them around so much. But I think it's been a great experience for them living in three different states some of them growing up in Connecticut, living in North Carolina, living in Florida, and now back to the, the North that, you know, that really has, has helped to shape them into the people that they are. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So on a lighter note, mm. t 
tell us about a funny story from your childhood. <laughs> a funny story from my childhood. Um, <laughs> so there's there's way too many. Um, there's lots of them, but I'll tell you a few of them. So the first one is, uh, this is the story that I think you know about my dad in the gas can. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, I don't, so, I don't know how funny it is, but I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> it, it's it probably won't be. It, it might not be funny to others, but we'll we'll try. We'll see. So when I was uh, when I was five, we lived in Virginia, and uh, we had this old school regular you know fireplace, and uh, you know we were trying to light a fire. Wood was a little wet. It was winter time. So my dad goes out and, and has this, you know, great idea. He's going to get. Oh, wait. I always thought that the, it was outside. It was the fireplace inside the house. <laughs> yes, it was in the house. Yes, oh, the, wow. Yes, the regular I always fire. thought it was like an outside fire no. pit. Oh, no, no, no. wow. No, okay. it was the fireplace okay. in the house. <laughs> and so he has this this great idea. You know, he the fire's not starting. So what's he going to do? He's going to go get some gas oh, and, man. and put it on the fire. And so I, I'm sure you can see where this is going. So uh, he goes and gets a Maxwell House cup and fills it up. And, you know, he pours a little bit of, of gas on the fire and it poof, goes up a little bit. And, you know, but it uh, dies back down. So he pours it a little bit the second time. And it, poof, you know, it goes back down. And my brother and I are, are standing there. And, you know, we're probably about five feet behind my dad. And my brother kind of leans over and looks and goes, Hey, Dad, you know, the gas can's dripping. And he looks at it, kind of lifts it up, looks at it it's in his right hand and uh, says, oh, no problem. And literally pour it, goes to pour it third time. And the gas comes up, catches and catches the can on fire. Oh, my gosh. And so now, of course, you know, you're in the house and we're in the <laughs> living room and he's you know, basically like running around. Like, you know, he's got a, 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 his can, hand, a can with his hand exactly, on fire. <laughs> exactly. A can full of gas, hand on fire, running around. So that's a not the smartest idea because now, of course, you know, like the flames are getting bigger and stuff like that. So he tears off running. Of course, we, you know, he runs at us. And of course, what do we do? We turn around and run too. So he's get the door, get the door, get the door. So we run and get the door, slam the door out. He runs out in the front yard and he, no, he doesn't drop the can. He decides to do an underhand pitch of the can up into the air. Thus, the gas the dumping, running down yeah, the his gas arm. dumping on his hand oh my and on his arm. And he throws it up in the air. And then, of course, now his arm's on fire. So now he jumps down and he's doing the, you know, drop and roll kind of thing. Arm goes out. The part that you don't know about the story is this. Is that, okay, so, you know, he's got some pretty bad burns on his hand. And uh, we live out in the country. I mean, we live out in the country. So we're like 35 minutes from any hospital. So, you know, my mom was a substitute teacher at the time, and she came home, and it was, it was right around 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, I'm not quite sure why we were home that day. I think maybe it was teacher work day or something like that. But she comes home, and, you know, of course, she sees what's happening, and she's just like, you know, uh, apoplectic. She's behind, you know, beside herself, like, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> I could see it. Billy. Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so, of course, now we got to go to the hospital. So we get in the car. And my, my mom looks at my dad and goes, you're probably going to want to bring like water or something like that. Like, it's, it's going to start to hurt. Oh, no. He used to call my mom Sal. Oh, no, Sal. Don't, oh, don't worry about that. It's fine. Let's just go. Let's go. I need to get to the hospital. <laughs> so, so, we, so we get about 15 minutes into the ride. 
And my dad kind of gets this sheepish look and kind of looks over at it and goes, Sally can't handle it. We got to go back. So we had to turn around and drive back to the house. And you house. were probably only 15 minutes from the hospital. And we were, exactly. And get a bucket of water so my dad could stick his hand in and then drive back to the hospital. And long story short, he had he had like second degree burns, a couple of third degree burns and a couple of places had to get skin grafts and everything. It's not the funny part of the story, but oh, he's fine today. Hands fine. Virginia was a lot of fun. Virginia, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great stories about that story about my brother ghost riding a kid's uh, motorcycle into uh, the house, into a house. Oh, see, I thought you were going to talk about the firecracker or the dogs in the woods. The, the dogs in the woods. The firecracker was South Carolina, but the dogs in the woods. Yes. So, um, so there was a house we lived off of like a huge, like again, we're out in the middle of the country. So there's this huge like acreage that this, you know, family down the street had. And, you know, the kid gets a, a motorcycle for his birthday and, you know, and he's riding around little like 250, you know, maybe 125. Um, and he's, you know, riding around all this stuff, proud and all that kind of stuff, whatever. And my brother's like, hey, let me ride it. Let me ride. He's like, no, 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 not gonna, no, 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 no. So finally, my brother, he's like, all right, well, it's brand new. Like, don't mess it up, whatever. So, of course, my brother gets on it and ghost rides it right into the house. Oh, my gosh. Tears the whole thing up. <laughs> um, yes, that's yeah, that's my brother. Uh, but the, the funny one that you talked about was like... Uh, him and his buddy were up and they went up in this i mean it literally was probably the hill was probably it was like a ski slope style hill it was during the summertime and uh you know they're going up and and literally it's it's probably you know half a mile to a mile up this kind of grade this incline up into woods and he goes up there him and his buddy and a couple buddies come up go up there and they're exploring they're going to do whatever and me and a couple of their little brothers are we're all hanging out at this one house tagging like, along no no we're not even tagging along we're down oh. at the bottom at the house like playing whatever <laughs> you know we're doing you know what what five six year old kids do you know playing probably gi joe or something like that but i remember like we hear some dogs barking and it's coming out from up this huge hill from where my brother was. And so we kind of look up there and I, I remember looking up and all of a sudden you just see one of the kids come out. And I mean, he's elbows and <laughs> knees like so think about it. he's running down the ski slopes kind of like almost like it won't be a black diamond, but probably just below that hill. And I mean, like gravity's pulling him and he, he's going. I mean, he's getting it. <laughs> And, you know, so kind of it's one of those things where you look at it like, what in the world? And then like all of a sudden, boom, another one comes out and same thing, just tearing it, tearing it going. And then you see two or three of the other ones come. And so like you see them all coming and you're just like, what in the world is going on? And then like about two seconds after that, you see a pack of hungry dogs. <laughs> there were dogs out in the woods who, who were like, I guess, and they wandered upon them. Or I don't know what happened, but they came flying down the hill and dove over this fence. And the dogs couldn't make it over or whatever. But, uh, but yes, there was that. And then there was when Kev got chased by the army dog and jumped eight feet into a tree <laughs> and caught the tree. Virginia was a lot of fun, man. Virginia the, Virginia was, was a lot of fun. There, there was a lot of great stories from Virginia that we had. Uh, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't camp or glamp or any of that kind of there stuff. You go. I saw enough of of being outside and and going and swimming in the creek and uh, and stuff like that. So yes, a lot, lot of great funny stories. Well, thank you for sharing. Absolutely. I, is, is that it? That's it. Those you, are all the questions that I have for you. Did, did we reach your 97 minutes of uh, all about you? Not quite 97 minutes, but pretty close. I mean, you know, you talked a little too much, so. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share? Are we signing off? Uh, I think we're signing off. People don't normally listen when you talk, but they listen when I talk. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Nobody's really listening. I'm not even listening. <laughs> You're not even listening. You're too busy laughing. <laughs>
Thanks for playing. Hey, everyone. Aaron here. Just wanted to take a minute to thank you for listening and remind you to click subscribe in your podcast app so you're notified when new episodes are available. Also, please make sure to leave a review. We love hearing your feedback and it helps others find us. If you're looking for more Talking Monroe's content, make sure to stop by our website, TalkingMonroe's.com, or follow us on Twitter, at Monroe's Talking. We appreciate you being part of our podcast family and look forward to talking with you again. Thanks for listening.